Guys, I'm really into things that add more convenience to my life. It's even better when it also comes with safety in a high quality package. I'm talking about my Eufy Video Lock. I'm still loving this thing. I love this thing so much that I'd like to invest in the company. I am so impressed with this product that I'm willing to back it. And if anyone out there knows how I can do it, please reach out. You gotta check it out for yourself. I'll probably do a quick social post, but for now, just search UV Video Lock. Do it online. It's a three-in-one smart lock, 2K camera with an audio and doorbell. It's easy to install. It has fingerprint recognition, so I don't even have to remember a code. I can control it all in an app, which again, the convenience is such a big plus for me. We are always on the go, and being able to monitor our home on the road is such a nice option. Not only that, I don't have to rush to the door if the doorbell rings. I can either open the door or ignore whoever's at the door by vetting them through the app. There is no monthly fees for security video storage. The battery is rechargeable, and each charge lasts about four months. This UV lock is fantastic, and I highly recommend it. Search Eufy Video Lock online. That's Eufy, E-U-F-Y Video Lock, or visit eufyofficial.com backslash video lock to see how you can gain complete control of your front door. After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers, if we've learned anything, guys, it's that there's always a catch. So when I heard that for a limited time, all Mint Mobile wireless plans are 15 bucks a month when you purchase a three-month plan, I thought, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly on to you. I haven't skipped a beat using Mint Mobile services. I have a great service even when I'm traveling for over less than 70% of what I was paying before. Listen to Uncle Chael and say bye-bye to your overpriced wireless plans, jaw-dropping monthly bills and unexpected overages. Mint Mobile is here to rescue you with premium wireless plans starting at 15 bucks a month. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and Bring your phone number along with all your existing contacts. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash chael. That's mintmobile.com slash chael. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash chael. $45 upfront payment required. That's equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower, above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. What's happening, guys? Happy Friday, and thank you for joining another special episode of Your Welcome. Hey, I need you to stick around to the end of today's show because I'm going to tell you why you should be cheering for Curtis Blades on Saturday. But before we get there, let's dive into the welterweights. 
What's up with Chamaya? What's up with Gilbert Burns and his path back to a title shot? I'm gonna answer those questions today, but first, I gotta get something off my chest. Guys, I just finished uh, Arrow and the Bad Guy over on ESPN Plus. And one of the questions that came up had to do with 170 pounds. Okay, you don't need any more details. I just want you to know we're talking 170 pounds. The question goes to Ariel first, and then I respond on the back. Ariel lost his mind. Ariel cut a promo. He was yelling at all 170 pounders. He put every single one of them on blast as a whole, not one by one, the whole division for not wanting to compete, for not stepping up and going up there and wanting to compete. Nobody got left out except for Usman. Masvidal took a bump, which in all fairness, where the hell has Masvidal been? Now we're hearing that Masvidal is going to fight Usman, but okay, everything goes great. It's a world title fight and pays a whole bunch of money. Right? I mean, that doesn't, that doesn't necessarily count. In all fairness, and when Ariel did, I didn't realize it until Ariel said it. I'm sitting back listening to him going, every word he just said is right. And that's usually the kind of thing that would really piss me off. Somehow, these 170 pounders almost went under my radar. Maybe because we had a 170 pound fight, title fight to look forward to, and that kind of stole the part of my brain that would be focused on the division. But Ariel's right. Where is Ponzinibbio? What is going on? We're hearing rumors about Colby and, and Leon. And Leon is, is very anxious right now. I want to fight. Get me somebody to fight. It can be anybody to fight. I'm kind of looking at going, but Leon, where have you been for the last year? In all fairness, where have you been for the last year? Any urgency that Leon is having right now towards fighting is an urgency that he created by not fighting. And then you've got these guys that have been, uh, they feel that they're left out. None of you were left out. When Chemayev was active, you were all offered Chemayev and didn't want to do it. I hadn't realized it until Ariel brought it to my attention. And there is one of these questions that you're going to be asked. And I will just tell you guys, from my, my own level of experience, whether I'm seeing teammates and, and overhearing them in the gym, or my matchmaking through submission underground, I will just tell you that I do have an experience with one question constantly coming up, which is, what do I get? Now, that right there, you and I are now off on the wrong foot. You have a contract. You begged for that contract. You likely, in fairness, earned it. Likely through the lower ranks and hard work and dedication and sacrifice, and you earned it but it's still an honor to have, and it still fills a spot that now takes from somebody else. Somebody else with the same dreams, doing the same hard work, sacrifice, sleeping on couches, eating what food they can eat when somebody offers them something just to get training and to try to reach a dream, doesn't get it. Now that's the life. That's the business. It's very cutthroat. It's very competitive. I understand those things, but it is reasonable to make sure, if you're going to talk a little deeper of the philosophical and psychological side of it, that you understand what it means to have that spot and what you did to get it. And then when you got it, something changed. And you're talking about, what do I get? What do you mean, what do I get? You have a contract. They will actually ask the promoter. Athletes will actually ask a promoter, what do I get? What do I read your goddamn contract? I don't know. I got 556 of these things that I've signed. You've signed one. I expect you to know what is in the contract. 
And that's when you then get the real answer. No, no, no. I'm talking about things outside of the contract. I'm talking about promises and assurances made to me. You needed a promise and an insurance for you to do what you signed and promised me that you would do the day that we did this deal? I mean, you see where we're off on the wrong foot, but we're still living in this time. It's few and far between that don't share that mentality. And Ariel's right to put that focus directly at 170 pounds right now. I don't know what's going on. I've seen this hundreds of times. I have never, but they're one-offs. Hey, remember that time in 2002 win and then you fill in the blank? Hey, remember that time and that, that, that card over there and December of 2007? They're one-offs. This is a broad stroke for the division. This is a cultural issue at this point. This is something that if you show up to work, you have to be prepared to deal with on the other end of the phone. What do I get? So, okay, we've established it. You were raised the wrong way. You were cut from the wrong cloth. You worry about yourself instead of responsibilities and all of the others that get affected. You're a narcissist, but fine, here we are. Apparently that is what the culture is now. So now we have to deal with it. So let me answer the question now so that it never gets asked again. So it is never asked again by anybody, what do I get? You're gonna get two things, okay? Everything that's in your contract, which is gonna come with a financial benefit in all fairness. The contract is based around your love and desire for competition which apparently is something you've forgotten that you don't, I don't even know why we're here if it's not about competition. If it is about money, I'm out. I'm out as a fan. I don't want to see two guys fight anywhere that don't want to fight. I don't want to see that on the playground. I don't want to see that in the ring. I don't want to see it in the octagon. I don't want to see it anywhere. If both guys aren't willfully, willfully here, I'm out. And I'm not a prude. But I am, I do not want to see that. And I have seen that before, where one person didn't want to be there. It was called being bullied. It disgusted me. It disgusted me then, and it would now too. So if this is about the money only, I'm out personally. Set that aside. You get to compete, and you get a financial benefit of what's in your contract. Secondly, and a big second, okay, a big gap is you now have a platform. That is what you get. You now have a platform. I watched Daniel Cormier fight a barista who had never been in the organization before, use the platform and get himself a world title fight. I watched that happen. I remember when that happened. And I know that a lot of people would have gone into that fight. They're called uncreative people. Managers, trainers, and athlete alike, all in the back, all ho-hum, what am I going to do? I'm fighting a guy, but he's ranked lower than me. I guess I don't get to do anything. What are you talking about? You will do whatever you do with it. What would one have to do with stopping you from getting your objective? Why would anything stop you from getting it in what you set out to get? And now you have a microphone in front of the world on ESPN to help you get it. I watched a guy get a date with Miley Cyrus. I watched him do that on Saturday. I don't think anybody would have thought this is the way to do that, in all fairness, but he saw something else and he had a platform and he took his shot. I think he's got the date. I think he has to like shave, shave something in his chest and off they go out to dinner. I mean, in all fairness, if you can pull that, what can you not pull off? I watched Usman call out a guy who he's already beat. 
What champion gets to call out a guy that he's already beat five rounds to none and go get a big fat paycheck? I'll tell you what champion, the one holding the microphone, that's the one. That's what you get. Nobody knows what they're ranked. So if you don't want to fight a guy because it affects your rank, oh, by the way, if he's in front of you and you th- you do want to fight him, you're on the other side, I do want to fight because then I'm going to get the ranking. None of us are going to know. None of us know. None of us know that Daniel Cormier fought a barista who had never been in the organization. None of that is an insult to Pat Cummings, by the way. None of it. I am painting Pat in that light to let you know that this wasn't going to be some kind of a bounce by Daniel. There was one opportunity for Daniel that night, and that was to look bad. There was another opportunity where he grabs a microphone, and anything done prior to that never happened. You want to know an opportunity, guys? You want to see a great opportunity? Go to a car that you don't have to fight on, but be guaranteed an interview opportunity. That, whoa, now you figured everything out. Now I will be coming to you for advice. How'd you do that? That's what you get. You get whatever's in your contract. We hope that that comes with a love of competition of what it is that you're doing. And sometimes you're not getting, sometimes you're giving, in all fairness. Somebody gave you an opportunity at some point to get you here. And along the way, maybe it's a give night. Maybe you're the one taking the risk like Daniel Cormier did. Maybe it's a night that you give. But above everything, you are now going to have a platform. Whether apparently, I guess you can get a date with a gal. I, wa- I watched a guy get a date with a girl and I watched another guy get a world title fight. I mean, right? So anything in between. That's what you get. Or you can sit around and be quiet and do nothing and get forgotten about. Never in a million years would have we known that Kamaru Usman and George Masvidal not only are going to fight again, they're going to fight after they do the Ultimate Fighter. That all happened. It all happened because of Usman. It all happened because of Usman. You all want to talk about, oh, I'm only going to fight a guy ranked in front of you. None of you are ranked in front of goddamn Usman. None of you. And none of you will be. He's the champ. What if Usman would have done that? I'm not going to fight him. I'm, I'm going to go sit around and uh, you know spend some time with the family. And I'm going to, I'm going to see what they say. I, th- I think I'm not going to fight for a while. So he's going to hold up a whole division. All right, scumbag move. And by the way, he'd have the right. He'd have the right after what he just did. But he didn't do that. Usman, if he was to follow your guys' twisted, backwards, anti-competitive, weak mentality, I'm only going to fight people in front of me. Guess who, guess who Usman's going to fight? No one. So if it's good enough for Kamara Usman, it's good enough for you. Kamara Usman called out somebody worse. Called out somebody lower rank. Called out somebody that if he beats, he gets nothing. Nothing in terms of a ranking, in terms of public opinion. He doesn't get a a goddamn thing. And he never will because he's the champion. Do you see the difference in Kamar Usman's mindset and the rest of yours? Here's what you get. You get to honor a contract that you begged for and you get a platform. If that's not good enough for you, get out of the business. Quit holding up the spot. That's simple. Compete if you want to. If you don't, speak now. So somebody else has the chance. Everything I said does not apply to you, Bilal Muhammad, and here's why. 
fighter of the week for me. Stepped in, he's going to go take on Leon. Great. I say great, and I'm giving Mohammed credit for doing what he should have done. But in this sport, particularly right now, guys are not doing what it is they want to do, what it is they are supposed to do. So Muhammad gets credit. Look, he just fought. I saw him. I happened to be there. I was in Las Vegas. I watched him fight. Looked great. By the way, I happened to learn some stuff about him. Let me share a few things with you guys on Muhammad. He has a podcast. If that interests you, you can find his podcast. But he watches every fight. He studies every fighter. He's just a fan. He loves it. He absolutely loves it. But there's byproducts of that. There's byproducts of staying current and watching everybody. I, I have maintained for many years... Randy Couture won a world championship for the last time at 44 years old, but Randy Couture fought until he was 47. And a number of people have come to me as Randy's teammate. Hey, man, what's his secret? What's he do? How's he do this? I've heard Randy speak on it, but I don't know that Randy has ever said what I say for him. What I say Randy's secret was, what I have always maintained, Randy used to go and train with kids. There was a high school, Centennial High School. He started coaching, wrestling at it. But moreover, as he would go in the room and he would work out with the kids, 14s, 15s, 16, 17, 18, freshmen and seniors, through seniors. But when you're working out with the next generation, it becomes impossible for you to be passed up by the generation, at least in terms of techniques and nuances. If you go in and you're working out with those kids who are learning the new and next wave of things, it's very hard for you to get passed by. And I I use as an extension to Muhammad, one of the things of him having a podcast, of him studying, of him having to break down every fighter. When you do go watch Muhammad fight or you go back and watch Muhammad fight, you can see the progression. And he's not slipping. And he's not one of those guys that's going to slip just because he studies and he's such a student of sport. Look, how we got here is far more fascinating than the fact that we are here. It was not very long ago that Leon is refusing to fight Chemayev because Chemayev wasn't ranked. Or Leon was not doing fill-in-the-blank other fight, but it also had to do with the ranking and the placement. Almost, I'm too good for this. I'm above doing this. That's okay, and I'm not looking to take a shot at Leon here, but I am looking to use the point of he's now doing everything he said he wasn't going to do, and he's not only doing everything he said he wasn't going to do, he's thrilled for it. He's begging for the chance. Why? Because he's a prize fighter, and enough time went by, and enough of the prize got spent elsewhere. But it's a fascinating as well as frustrating piece of this sport for me. I want to see guys who want to be here. I want to see them out there because they want to compete. That's what I want. And when I have to deal with guys who want headline-driven or title-promised or extra money put on top, I just, I lo- that's not what I'm here for. I want to see guys that want to be here and they want to compete. But you do understand, early in their career, I know we're talking Leon now, but it's a broad stroke and it covers a lot of people. Early in their career, they would do whatever it takes to get this contract, just to be in an organization that was paying money, oh, by the way, and had fans and eyeballs and cameras set up where you could show off your skills. Once you get that somewhere along the way, 
It's not enough. It's not good enough. You've forgotten how hungry you were, how bad you wanted it. And now you're turning matches down. The very thing that you laid in bed and prayed to God in heaven above at some point in your life that you would have the opportunity to do is the very thing that you're picking up a telephone and telling the person on the other end, no thank you, I don't want to do that. Now why that cycle is here and where that comes from, I cannot speak to. I don't know a damn thing about it other than it is a real phenomenon that I observe. I loved when that phone would ring. I loved when those opportunities came. I wanted to train and prepare and weigh in and make that walk ever bit as much 40 times after I had done it as before I had ever done it the first time. But I will tell you, the house always wins. I've been here long enough to see fighters that aren't going to fight anymore unless this or that happens. But when I turned on my TV the next Saturday to ESPN, the show was going. The house will always win. That's not a bad thing. It's an important thing that you observe early on. It can save you a lot of hiccups. Of all the matches, if we were to go back the last 16 months, of all of the matches that Leon was ever offered, and I don't know who they were, but they were made public and I just can't recall it. Of all the matches that Leon has been offered in the last 16 months, if we took them all to him at once on a silver platter, I assure you, Mohammed is his last pick. Of every opportunity that he was offered and turned away from, Mohammed would have been, in descending order, the bottom pick. But it's the one that's going to happen. The house always wins. And when you're planning and plotting and, and strategizing over your career, if you miss how quick this sport goes, if you miss the unforeseen, two players came off the board on Saturday. The top players. All because Usman, with a microphone, decided to call out Masvidal. Okay. Now Usman and Masvidal are gone. And if you were to go look at the... Chemayev gets sick. Right? On Saturday, two players came off the board. Within the last week, three players have come off the board. If you add Chemayev. Only point being how quickly things change. You win the fights, you can win when you can win them. You take the fights that you can take when you can take them. You get the fights that you can get whenever you can get them. If you try to get locked in to rankings or a side promise outside of your contract or an extra fee on top of your purse, if you get distracted with these things, I mean, look what happened to Leon. Of all of the choices and options that he had, his last and least choice that never would have come in if we looked at the rankings, if we had title promises, if we're looking for the little cheddar on top of everything else, none of that would have fit the criteria, but it's still who he's facing. And I will assure you, as this fight gets closer, and both guys start talking about it, and the media gets behind it, the money outside the contract, the rankings of the opponents will have nothing to do with the story. It never has. The media has never 
cared about or talked about the money. They have never cared about what the rankings are and what the uh, discrepancy is between the athletes. That is fictional. That is within the athlete's mind. It's a way to stop you from having to do something. The house always wins. Guys, I want to talk to you about something that I believe most of my listeners can relate to. It's something that most men don't want to talk about or even admit is happening. Hair loss. Yup, that's right. Two out of three men will experience some form of hair loss by the time they're 35. It's unfortunate, but it's true. This can affect self-esteem. It can cause a level of shame, but Uncle Chael is here to share a clinically proven treatment that may help you. Keeps came up with a simple, stress-free way to keep your hair and possibly grow some back. There are two FDA-approved medications that can prevent hair loss and Keeps offers both of them. They have a virtual doctor for a consultation and medications delivered straight to your door to keep the process private so you don't have to leave your home and endure the dreaded process of an in-person visit. Treatments start at just 10 bucks per month and it arrives in a discreet packaging. If you are skeptical and this sounds too good to be true, go check out real before and after photos for yourself on their site. They are shocking and exciting. Prevention is key. So be proactive and get on it. Treatments can take about four to six months to see results. If you're ready to take action and prevent hair loss, go to keeps.com slash chael to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's keeps, K-E-E-P-S dot com slash chael to get your first month for free. Keeps.com slash chael. Let me tell you about another real fighter, Gilbert Burns. Gilbert, I will tell you the hardest thing that you're going to go through for the next two weeks is taking your oars out of the water. It is very difficult mentally. That's one thing that a fight, right? I mean, post-fight depression is a real thing and not incumbent upon whether you won or you lost. You have all this buildup for this match, all your focus, all your training, then you've got your group, your own friends that know what you're going through and they're sending you text messages or giving you calls and that's before you even get to the media and the cameras and the travel and the hotel and everything on the line. But when, when, you, when you have this extreme focus on something and then that something is gone, it should look post-fight depression. It's so true. And particularly when you get defeated, now you want to get right back in there. It's that old adage of this sport, you're only as good as your last fight. Well, we start to believe that at times. So now we believe we're of the of this spot of defeat and we will do anything to get back in. Very hard to take your oars out of the water. And guys, I was reading about Gilbert Burns in, in addition to the video you just saw, but I've been reading about him. He was doing this interview, man. He threw every name out there you could possibly think of. He wants to get back to that title, and the fast track back to the title is through Colby Covington. If he beats Covington, he would go right into a title fight. If he needed two fights, you know, he knows Michael Chiesa's out there, and he mentioned Hosmet Shavayev eventually is going to need a match. 
He'll do the fight. I'm talking about Burns here. He'll do the fight with Leon, but he's hearing that Leon is going to go with Muhammad. It was just one of these things. But my takeaway was not to name drop or try to associate who Gilbert should be or is likely to be in there with. My takeaway was this is the same Gilbert Burns that we knew and loved a week ago. Gilbert Burns has never turned out a fight. I will tell you from a submission standpoint, he's never turned down a grappling match, ever. And turning it down by saying, give me a whole bunch of money or give me a different date or give me, they're all no. You can find a, tons of reasons to not do something, including just pricing yourself out of it. I'm telling you, Gilbert Burns is the same guy. He wants to compete with anybody. My only takeaway is I was listening to Gilbert do some of the math, right? He's going to be doing math, not just fighting guys. The math being, what is the equation that puts me back in a title opportunity? And there is no answer to that. Like, Sean Shelby couldn't get on the phone and make him a promise. It just, it just doesn't go that way. There's a lot of moving parts. He's going to have to compete, and he's going to have to win. But the mere fact that Gilbert mentioned all of these names, guys, this is why we've loved him in the first place. 170 pounds is dealing with some guys right now that don't want to go out there and compete. The bad news for us, they're the top guys. I don't know that there's any other division at the exact same time who is so readily unavailable to compete, except for Gilbert Burns. And the fact that he can be depressed, as I'm talking about, the fact that he can be wounded, the fact that his goal didn't get as far as he wanted it to, and all he wants is another opportunity to get back in there and try again. I mean, guys, this is what it's about. The word fighter has been corrupted over my lifetime. Now you're a fighter if, and then fill in the blanks, if you can throw a punch or if you can throw a kick or if you work on your grappling. or I mean, there's like all these things where you get to be a fighter. A fighter, when I was growing up, what it meant and what it means to me right now is the same thing. Somebody that gets up and goes forward when it's hard. Somebody who gets up and faces something when it would be easier to not. That's what a fighter was. And Gilbert Burns being out there, calling for these names, making it very clear he does not care who or when, but he wants to get back there and compete. Guys, he's a real fighter. He's a real fighter, not the corrupted term, not the fake tough guy, not somebody that had his hand out and thought there'd be a big paycheck if I'm in the right place at the right time. Somebody that's going to try when it's hard. Somebody who's going to get up and move forward when they'd rather just stay inside under a blanket. And it's, it's something very special, and I feel for Gilbert. I've personally been in Gilbert's spot where you're so close to getting something that you worked so hard for but it doesn't go that way. And then what do you do? Do you sit around and complain? That's one option. Do you retire and just quit the sport and say that was my best run and my race is over? That's one option. Or do you get up and try again? I cannot tell you for sure what it would take for Gilbert to get another title shot. But we can all agree that him doing nothing won't get him his goal. Him sitting inside, him not going to practice, him not paying attention to the division, him not looking for opportunities, him not taking opportunities when they come, will all not get him to his goal. 
And there's just a real refreshing life lesson that you get sometimes from sport. Sport, particularly at the professional level, will really let you down. There's a reason that we really need it for kids. From the competitiveness to the team nature to the hard work, to being to practice on time, to trying to have more points than the other guy when time runs out. There's real lessons that you, uh, shaking hands, sportsmanship, there's real lessons for kids. But a lot of times kids watch the pros and all they end up is disappointed. The, the lesson and the message here coming from Gilbert Burns needs to be the loudest message in the room. It's easy to come out and do media. It's easy to get up and get to practice after a win. When the media is going to dote on you or when your teammates are going to pat you on the back. It's more difficult to walk through that door and see your peers in defeat. They don't know where to look. Do they look you in the eye? Do they look down? What do they do? Nobody knows how to act. It's one of those situations. Gilbert Burns is doing everything right. Gilbert Burns deserved that opportunity, but it was forgotten because of the distance between Gilbert Burns earning this opportunity and actually having the match. It was, the story was a little bit lost of how busy and how active and how willing at any time Gilbert Burns was. So to see Gilbert get defeated, but to see him be the same guy, it's something that I really appreciate because I've seen it so many times the other way. Somebody wins, somebody gets, all of a sudden they got new friends, dating a new girl, driving a new car. All of a sudden they, they're not answering their phone anymore. I mean, I've seen it a million times in this sport. I just roll my, and every time I know how that's going to go. Not well. Not well. My own teammates that I reach out to, they'd be back to me within five minutes, and now it's a lot closer to five hours, or in some places closer to five days. I know how that story is going to end. That type of guy, I know how that's going to end. When your head starts to get big and you start doing other things, thinking you're going to get the same result. And I could go through the list of my own teammates that had done it to me, but I would, I would never need to call them out because they all know they did it and they all regret it. They all deeply regret it and they see right where they got off course and started doing things different. I only bring this to you because Gilbert being the same guy, wanting to get the same goal and waking up and pushing through anyway, guys, this is how we got here in the first place. And sure, there's not going to be some some magical bow that Uncle Chael can put on this thing. Gilbert is not ending up in there with Usman and then fill in the blanks. Unless somebody gets sick, somebody gets hurt, they need a fill-in spot. Unless some match gets declared a number one contender's bout. Unless you put enough space in between them. I mean, this is a, this is a real thing. But time does heal all wounds. And even if you were to look at Leon... And I understand that Leon is not about to fight Usman, but Leon was told if he wins his next fight, who was supposed to be Chimaev at the time, that he will then fight for the title. And the reason I bring Leon into this, in case you're missing the point here, the relevance is Leon's already fought Usman, but time, time in between. Time healed that wound. No problem to get him in there again. But there is many ways why I can sit here and very confidently tell you that Burns versus Usman rematch is unlikely in the short term. Burns getting a world title shot is not. I mean, don't ever assume that Usman's going to be there. Usman could get beat. Usman could leave the division. Usman contractually, 
I don't know where he is. He could be gone from the whole organization. I'm throwing things in right now. But I'm throwing them in to show you that if you're Gilbert Burns and you want to be champion, there's a number of ways to not be. Quitting, stopping, feeling sorry for yourself, not preparing for the next one. There's a lot of ways to not be champion. I'm not seeing any of those from Gilbert. And guys, if you were to go back and just study history, it is very common, in fact, to the point that it happens more oftentimes than not, where somebody contests for a world championship and loses their very next fight. And the question of why is that? Why is there a curse on number one contenders? Well, it's not. It's it's actually quite obvious. But when a guy thinks, okay, I, I might have lost, but I lost to the world champion. I'm the second best guy alive. I can beat anybody else not named him. When you start to think that, but then you use that not to motivate yourself to work harder, you start to do to rest. You start to take your eyes off something. Well, this is a co-main event spot. I'm good enough for main events. I just did a main event. This is a lesser spot, which means it's a lesser job, which means I can show up lesser, do less, and get the same positive result. It doesn't work that way. And as unmotivated sometimes as a former number one contender is going into his next fight because of those lesser, the lesser pay, the lesser media attention, the lesser placement on the card, what they always miss is the person they're competing with is viewing it from a different excitement. Oh my gosh, this is my first time in a co-main event. This is my first time getting to compete with somebody who competed for a championship. All the things that could possibly unmotivate the former title challenger is being used as motivation for his or her next opponent. Very simple, but it's the very clear reason why if you go out, go to SureDog.com and just start looking at all the people that contested a world championship in their very next fight, they get beat. More times than not. It's something around 80%. I'd quote it for you, but I, I, I misplaced it in my mind. It's somewhere around 80%. So you want to be very aware of those things. You want to make sure you study and observe those things and try to figure out why. Because if it happened to somebody else, it can happen to you. Don't ever be the guy go, well, that will never happen to me. Oh, yeah, sure it will, unless you study it. Maybe somebody else can make that mistake, but then you must learn from them or you're going to repeat it. I think that matching Burns up today, even though that's what Burns would like, I think it's very unlikely. I hope Burns can just relax a little bit because he deserves it. And two weeks, I'm not asking for a ton of time, but two weeks will change the way this all looks drastically. This sport will move so fast and those wounds will heal in two weeks. And I think that's when you can start to settle in at an earliest as to who's next. And by the way, Burns threw a lot of names out. I know that Colby is looking for something to do. I like that. That's a mega match. I like that. But I'll tell you else who else has done a very good job. And just matchup-wise, just off the top of my head, be very interesting. I'd be very interested to see Burns and Michael Chiesa in there. And I think we do all need to follow my own advice, which is let's take two weeks. As it pertains to Burns, let's take two weeks. Let's relax. Let's let Burns relax. Let's see how this matures. But I would throw at you early. I believe in two weeks we need to revisit the idea of Burns and Chiesa. Okay, that's enough at 170. And now I want to talk about something you've been asking me a lot about lately. Hey, Chael, how bad is Chemayev? 
How bad is his situation right now? I don't have the foggiest idea. I only know what I read. Got visited with Shemaiah one time on my life, and I did, it, I did it in front of a camera and put it out to you guys. I'm reading, and this is a quote, that he's having lingering COVID symptoms, meaning he had COVID, he beat it. And Shemaiah had done an interview and said when he had it, he thought he was going to die. So it was very bad. He's over it. We're being told that if you've had it once, you're unlikely to have it again. But now he has something called lingering symptoms. I just simply haven't heard that personally. I have not heard that term personally in this entire experience. So I don't know what's to make of that. Somebody had written, and I read it, that he could be out all of 2021. Now, and allow me to be delicate here. Our thoughts with Chemayev. Chemayev matters within that division. And you do begin to have questions here. Let me paint a scenario for you, okay? We're purely talking marketing here, purely. But within marketing, you have PR, and you've got to get them both right at the same time. Imagine that you're viewing Chemayev, the untouchable, the guy nobody wants to fight, the guy that's getting rushed through the rankings and doing great, okay? Imagine that happens. But you're also fully aware that a huge piece of his style and his effectiveness is based on his conditioning, based on how many strikes he can throw, how quickly he can throw them, and how consistently throughout the night he can keep this pressure up. If you observe this and you observe what he is going through and the fact that he is laid off and that his conditioning is more likely than not not going to be what it was prior to this, it's one of those things, you don't just get this back. This is a lifestyle. I can assure you Chemayev has not taken a break in well over a decade. I don't mean a day or a weekend off. I'm talking a month off. I can assure you he hasn't done it. You can't have that level of conditioning. It's one of these things. It's an everyday. It's work. Not to mention because of the stardom of Chemayev. I mean, he's staying in the headlines now. I'm making one right now. Without even fighting, he's staying in the headlines. I bring that to you because he is more likely than not to be a main event when he comes back. So now, a guy who counts on his conditioning, whose conditioning will not be what its conditioning was. That's what logic says. Physiology agrees with me. Now has to do it for 25 minutes. In many ways, you are going to view that and view this as your opportunity. But when do you do it? It's sure as hell not today. You call out a sick man? And you see the problem with that? You call out a guy who's in an actual fight, not a sporting event? You see the problem with that? So it's one of these things where you do need to keep your eye on that. You need to monitor all situations. It's it very competitive. You will take any advantage that you have, but you have to pick your timing as well. And I think that that is a little bit of a question. Is it a foregone conclusion that Chemayev picks up where he left off, which is headed into a main event? I think that Chemayev himself should be cognizant of this. And I think Chemayev himself should say, hey, got no problem. When I come back, it's anybody, any time. Today's episode of Your Welcome is brought to you by one of my favorite nutritional products, Athletic Greens, the most comprehensive, tasty, 
daily nutritional beverage I've ever had. Guys, I live a pretty busy lifestyle, even during the pandemic. I'm grateful. MMA never really slowed down between the podcast, TV, work from my home studio, and on the road, coaching, family life. It's been challenging to maintain healthy nutritional habits. And to be honest, I've never really been a fan of eating my vegetables. I know that's not what you want to hear from Uncle Chael, but it's true. This is where Athletic Greens has helped me and hopefully can help you too. It's a daily all-in-one superfood powder. One scoop contains 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food sourced ingredients, including a multivitamin, multimineral, probiotics, green superfood blend, and more. They all work together to fill the nutritional gaps in our diet, increase our energy, our focus, and help with digestive and support a healthy immune system, all without the need to take multiple products. That's why it works for me. It's hard to remember to take my daily vitamin and get enough veggies to keep old Uncle Chael up and running on all cylinders. Athletic Greens is my one-stop shop. It's simple, easy, and guys, it's delicious. It's lifestyle friendly. Whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, and it contains less than one gram of sugar without compromising on the taste. Right now, Athletic Greens is doubling down on supporting your immune system, and during these winter months, it's offering my audience only one free year supply of vitamin D and five travel packs with your first purchase. If you visit my link today, you'll basically never need to buy vitamin D again. So whether you or a family member are looking for peak performance or better health, covering your bases with Athletic Greens makes investing in your energy, immunity, and gut health each day simple, tasty, and efficient. Simply visit athleticgreens.com slash and join athletes and health-conscious go-getters around the world who make a daily commitment to optimal health every day. Again, simply visit athleticgreens.com slash and get your one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs today. You'll basically never need to buy vitamin D again. To wrap up today's show, let's take a look at the heavyweights. Let me ask you a question, and it's going to be a hard one. Here's the question. What's a bigger fight, John Jones versus Stipe or John Jones versus Francis? Now, the reason I say it's a tough one is all a big fight is, it has a good story. If you have a really good story that people really like to hear, that translates into a big fight. And if you don't, it doesn't. It's that simple. But these stories are vastly different in how they would be told. And John is taking his time. I I can't blame John for that. How does John begin to promote a fight of which he doesn't have an opponent for yet? And he doesn't have a date for yet. And by the way, he hasn't even fully agreed with the organization that he's going to do it. I mean, you see where John's in a little bit of a tough spot. Okay, hold that thought because we're not going to turn for John for the answers. We'll figure it out. We'll let the dumb-dumb know. But the point is still the same. That's two totally different fights. If you're telling me John versus Stipe, okay, now you're talking about the greatest light heavyweight ever versus the greatest heavyweight ever. I mean, just to start with, you are going to have some promotional crossover 
from the world of boxing where this has been done before. Evander Holyfield rings a bell, but Evander Holyfield, many of you don't know, he was not a heavyweight until he was a heavyweight. So him moving in that division was very compelling and the boxers who make a habit of doing this, there's just something very special there that people are going to get. And that isn't, that isn't going to take you from start to finish, okay? That's not, that, that can't be home plate all the way around the bases. Just the fact that it's the great versus the great. Everybody's great. Yeah, I got it. But that would be something that's very real and it's an angle that you could have. The X's and O's of John Jones versus Stipe is fascinating because you could tie that back into the college wrestling days. You can tie that back to a common opponent in Daniel Cormier, who, by the way, Stipe shocked and took down in their second fight. I mean, once you can, you got to balance the wrestling with John. It's the first thing you have to do because John will throw you down and beat the hell out of you. And then we all just go home. So you got to find a guy how that piece of the story can be worked around. Not to mention John is going to have to find a way of explaining, not to you guys. I know you guys understand this to the average fan, how a guy as small as him can take on someone as big as a heavyweight. Well, that starts to go away with Stipe. Stipe's been getting on the scale at 130 pounds, 131 pounds for his last two fights, okay? John is claiming that he weighs 240 right now. So all of a sudden, that narrative that's generally a problem, it goes away. What if John's the bigger man? I mean, I'm just saying, but it goes, we don't know. We don't know how we're going to build this. And then you're going to have a very clear two fighters, Two fighters that are very well-rounded fighting. That's not what you have with Francis. If you tell me you think Francis is going to win, let's just start Francis Stipe. If you tell me you think Francis is going to beat Stipe, you're telling me you think Francis is going to knock Stipe out. And more specifically, you're telling me you think he's going to knock Stipe out with either a left or a right hand. Because this is where Francis does his knocking out, right? The same thing would be true if you told me you thought that Francis was going to beat John Jones. You're telling me that you think he's going to knock John Jones out and he's either going to do it with a left or a right hand. So I bring that to you because it's a, it's a little bit more obvious at that point what direction we're going. It's a little bit more obvious in Francis versus John that we're going to take a great big brute of a man with incredible and rare power who, by the way, is going to be the world champion, right? If John's standing across from Francis, Francis is going to be the world champion which means Francis has extended an undefeated streak, by the way, along the way, took out the greatest heavyweight of all time, and now is reaping the rewards and the confidence that come along with that. They're very different fights. I mean, Dana White cannot take a boilerplate, here's how I'm going to promote a heavyweight fight, and then I'll just insert the players. No, he can't. Dana's going to, they're very different. How he is going to build an emotion through the storytelling ability of John versus Stipe is very different story than the way Dana's going to tell John versus Francis. It's very, very different. And as you take a look at the heavyweights, to expand this thought, guys, I mean, we got Blades coming up with Lewis this weekend in a different time, perhaps I should say in a normal time. That's a number one contender's fight. Curtis Blades versus Derek Lewis is a number one contender's fight. Derek's already fought for the title. Curtis Blades, who was criticized for beating Volkov. Can you believe the words I just said? Curtis Blades was criticized for beating Volkov. But now that criticism's looking a lot less and a whole lot better for Blades now that we saw how damn good Volkov is when Volkov beat Overeem. Which, by the way, I was one of those people. 
Volkov always looked like a hard night out. But to understand how good Volkov is, we didn't really know tell that fight with Reem, and now some of that shine goes back to Curtis Blades. I use that to argue my point that in a regular time, this is a number one contenders fight. There's a reason the big boys are on the main event of ESPN. It's to build them to go and fight for the strap. But the division's a little different right now because John is coming in and he's gonna be shown that respect of the great run he had down a weight class to be given a number one contenders match. And when I do look at Blades and I look at the Black Beast, Derek Lewis, one of them is loved and one of them is hated. And I can answer half of that question for you. I know why people love Derek. If you just go to Derek's Instagram, which most of you do, you're then going to love Derek. It turns out he's a great big beast of a man who's got a fantastic sense of humor, who's very playful, who's a little self-deprecating at times, which is endearing. Right? When the big scary guy in the room, can te- you can tease him and he can tease himself. There's something endearing. What I don't understand is why people don't love Blades. I don't understand that. He's young. He's handsome. He's successful. He never gets in trouble. He follows all of the rules. He seems to do everything right and he's really good at the sport. Oh, and by the way, he's that kind of competitor that we dream of. He's that kind of competitor opposite to the 170-pounders right now who wants to compete, and the harder the better. He'll take on anybody, but the harder the fight, he'll just personally be happier. We love guys like that. Begs to fight Engano, doesn't go well, begs to fight Engano again. By the way, gets on a plane, goes to a different country, completely inconveniences himself, gets beat a second time, and begs for a third. We love guys like that. But for some reason... There's this stiff arm put to Blades. And you can't just take Blades at his word. Like when Blades, I I remember the era. I watched it. When Blades would come out and tell people, yeah, I'm just going to wrestle. You don't like wrestlers and and feel free to boo, but that's all I'm going to do and I'm going to win. I'm going to beat your guy and stick it up your ass. He was saying those things as a way of deflecting the criticism. But if you watched Blades, he was getting better in the gym. If you were to watch Blades five fights ago to two fights ago to one fight ago, you're seeing a guy with hands, with kicks, working some knees, and sure, he goes back to what he knows well as the wrestling, but that's what we want him to do. If he got away from the wrestling completely because he reads what somebody said about him in some headline, we're having a whole new conversation, and now I'm going to be pissed off at him. This is wise what he's doing, and his game is growing, and now he's in the five-round I mean, Blades, everywhere I turn around, is checking a new box. But I don't see his popularity going up. I don't think it's fair. And popularity doesn't work that way. Popularity does not care about fair. It's just the way it is. I just want to bring it to everyone's attention. Because I would like to see Blades get a second look by you guys. I'd like to see Blades be given a second opportunity here. He's now headlining his second show. Against a second top 10 guy in a row begging to fight Engano a third time. That could be or not be for the belt. That's never what Blades has said. He wants Engano a third time. A guy like that is the kind of guy that we like. Consider that. All right, guys, that is it for today's show. If you like the show, leave us a review. Remember, you can download and subscribe to Your Welcome on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google. 
Enjoy Blades and Lewis, and I'll be back on Wednesday to talk about it all. But until then, I'm Chael Sonnen, and you are welcome. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line. Or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.